Dressed in black He walks alone A shadow in the night Each time he walks by my window Can't hold the tears from my much too well for me. They said I didn't know what I was getting myself into. They said a whole lot of things. But there are some things they could never understand. That a girl can tell by the way what holds her hand. Or maybe they thought we were too young to be in love this way. Well, I don't care what people say. This girl's love is getting stronger with each passing day. You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Arna Belstov. Um, his latest book is Babies in Black from First Second, a uh, book originally published in his native German. Um, a story of, now I'm going to try and get this name right, of uh, Astrid Kirschner, or Kirscher? Kirscher, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And her time with... Uh, famed beetle uh Stu Sutcliffe um thank you for joining me Arna yeah thanks for having me yeah um I guess first to start out with uh, not being very familiar with your work I w went to the internet and was looking at uh the other work that you have and mm. it looks very different um, yeah so what is it about this book about this story that's so different for you to work in this different way? Um, yeah, well, first of all, it was my, my first long book, my first big graphic novel. So, And I started in 2000, 
basic idea was to yeah, to do it uh, in black and white, and I had to come up with a technique that um, you know would would work in black and white, and and I um, yeah my 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 drawing style is is maybe more the usual way I draw is more um, the linear clear way, but for this book I um, I tried something different and had to come up with a technique that also uh, worked for more you know for the for the moody scenes for the atmosphere and the clubs and for and to have something that works that um or that relates to Astrid's um, photographies uh, so that's why I changed my style a bit for this book um what was it about this subject that you wanted to do about uh, Astrid's experience? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was interested in, in in the time, basically, in the early 60s in, in Germany. And um, then I found Astrid's photos from that time, her famous um, self-portrait in the mirror and her Beatles photos and that's uh, when it all you know, started I uh, came up with the idea to tell her story um, so I I wasn't um, a Beatles fan or I wasn't interested in the Beatles and in, in their career um, in the beginning so yeah, I was interested in, in, in her in the youth um, the subculture in Germany the post-war generation um, before, yeah, before the whole pop culture thing really started. Mm -hmm. Did you? Where did you grow up in Germany? Uh, near Hamburg. Okay. So and yeah, I was wondering about that. About like the how um, one thing about this book it also tells the experience of a certain part of Germany, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's all northern Germany. It's yeah, it's not the the, the Germany uh, most people think of. Uh, you know, the Bavaria part of Germany where uh, with um, Oktoberfest and Weißwurst and beer and everything. So Hamburg is more close to uh, Denmark, Copenhagen, and, and everything. So it's, yeah. It also doesn't seem to have the kind of drama and mystique of, say, Berlin. Does it? <laughs> yeah. It's just like when I think of of Germany that time, like as a as a Canadian, I just think of like Berlin and the kind of the politics and stuff. And this uh, is a yeah. great way to look at like something completely different from that of like just yeah. the art ideas. Yeah, I mean Astrid's art school fans, um, they were influenced by, by everything French, by the whole French culture from the 50s and 40s, and, um, you know, for them it was important to be, um, to not uh, behave and look like Germans mm -hmm. did at that time. So that's why they turned uh, to France and the French culture, and uh, they were listening to the French chansons and jazz and Juliette Greco, Edith Piaf and people like that and you know they, they looked and tried to look like French 
Parisian Bohème and the existentialists. And so this this the, their way to um to um, distance themselves from the German past, you know, their their parents just had, you know, uh, had the, they were the Nazi generation. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that it was really an interesting time to be young uh, uh, in the fifties and early sixties, and you know, they were the first generation to come up with something new, um, and. That's why I think they all looked um, to other countries like France and then Britain and then, of course, uh, the U.S. So I think it's all yeah, because of um, the war, of course. Mm-hmm. Is that Nazi past. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons the heavy, like, the predominance of black as just... Um, within like within Astrid's work, um, black and white photography, very dark, wearing all black. Um, mm-hmm. Was that part of that identity, like that kind of recovery, or just like kind of this gloom? I guess. <laughs> Basically, it was because you know the, the French existentialists—they all wore black okay. turtleneck sweaters and um, yeah. Was the was the the style of the French bohème, and um, yeah, all art students you know had this kind of black long sweaters and scarves and uh, yeah. When you started researching the book, how much did you want to go into understanding not just the characters but the world they lived in? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, basically the world they lived in. I mean, the characters. So I wasn't interested in the the Beatles characters because they were uh, really young at that time, and they were you know, just a rock and roll cover band. And um, um, no, I was interested in the in this in how these two worlds um, when these two worlds met in, in Germany. The the British uh, guys uh, who were influenced by the U.S. Uh, culture, who brought American rock and roll to Germany, and then the, the German art students um, who, you know, had all this, this um, French influences going on. So, so it was basically the, the idea to have these two worlds colliding, you know, also visually. And music, the music of um, the Beatles was just a part of it. The, all, uh, it's more about the, the whole attitude, this rock and roll pose, uh, you know, being on stage, jumping around, and it was quite the opposite to, to Astrid's cool jazz world. So that was the, the main idea to have these two things um, colliding in Hamburg at that time. Um, because I couldn't really, you know, um, I mean, I met Astrid, and so I had an idea how how she how she talks and behaves and uh, what kind of character she she really is. But for the rest of the um, yeah, characters in the book, I had no idea how, who they really were. I mean, just we all have these um, 
funny guy and John the thoughtful and sometimes aggressive kind of guy and so the, you know, I would only use these people as certain demo stereotypes and I think that's okay because they're cartoon characters so um, but then I, I um, spoke to Astrid about um, yeah about how she felt with you know with these kind of stereotypes and and then I tried to you know have them yeah, uh, tried to somehow to to have them more to become more like real characters but in the end um, that's maybe the, the the biggest misunderstanding of course because you always think it's about the Beatles and, and they respect uh, um, something like okay this is how it really was but in the end it's it's that's my idea. Of, it's uh, a love so, story, really. Yeah. So that's this 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 is the, the focus is always on Astrid and her um, point of view and the love story, of course. Yeah, and um, that's why I spoke to Astrid and and we talked about her relationship to Stuart and um, wh what what she saw in the Beatles, who yeah actually weren't the Beatles but just five. Uh, guys, an average rock and roll cover band at that time. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't, as I said, she was not interested in the music and the rock and roll thing because that wasn't her kind of music. She was interested in the, the image of rock and roll because, um, you know, this was, as I also said, the, the opposite of her world. Um, and to her it was, <laughs> and maybe for, for, it goes for the rest of the German audience, uh, they did, they couldn't tell the difference between British singers, you know, and the American originals. Um, uh, so it, it was all about the the visual thing that was going on, the attitude of rock and roll, and uh, this was the, the authentic rock and roll thing the Beatles, you know, uh, represented on stage. And and then also um, there was Stuart who was the cool guy within the group so she that's why she fell for Stuart uh, because he you know she immediately saw that he would also or maybe more would fit into her world because he uh, he was the, the cool guy in the band with her sunglasses on and always um, playing bass with his back turned towards the audience and yeah he he was the and then, uh, as it turned out, of course, the artist in the group. Mm -hmm. and that's when she saw, okay, this, this, is, um, this is the guy that she was most interested in. And you can clearly see, see that when you look at her photographs, um, that um, really um, uh, quickly then Stuart moved into the center of the focus of her photos. And, um, after the first session at the Hamburg fairground, she asked him to have a yeah, kind of private session, and she would only take pictures of him then. Yeah. So that's how how they met. It was all um, all about the 
the image and the visual thing because she couldn't speak English that well at that time, mm-hmm. and and she just used her camera as you know something to connect with them and would talk to them about their look and her look and everything. So it was, yeah. And she, as a, as a photographer, has kind of not really done photography in a long time because she felt too linked to this that wasn't really her identity. Am I right? Uh, uh, well, she was working as a uh, an assistant for a photographer at that time. Mm-hmm. But, but then later she, yeah, she quit photography, yeah. How much time did you spend with her getting to know the story and kind of understanding her point of view? Mm. Well, it took me about one year just to do the, the research and speak with Astrid and gather all the material and books and, yeah. And I met Astrid uh, a few afternoons, just a few hours talking to her about everything. And um, then I started doing a, a storyboard. And I think, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, so it would take me what one year, and then after the first year, I would um, yeah just go back to after the the the, the storyboard, and we would talk about um, how the how I would you know, st- tell the story, um, and until you know so, um, the point where you know Stuart's uh, kind of yeah. Well, disease uh, was, would start then because I wasn't that sure about how the book would end and I mean it, would, it was clear that um, the, sh- the shock of his death would be you know it would be, it was, it would be the end of the story because um, as I said I, I wanted to tell the story from her point of view and that's um it all began with Stuart uh, Fostred, and it, of course, ends then when when he, yeah, when he dies. So, yeah, and we would talk about, uh, you know, just just the how I would then come up with, with an end that would work for for a book, but also, yeah, for her because we ne- we never spoke about the time after Stuart's death. Um, That's a uh, pretty amazing that you're able to um, develop this kind of trust relationship with her for her to share all of this with you. Yeah, yeah, I was really uh, lucky that, uh, and I was glad that she really liked the idea um, um, to tell the story in, in pictures. I mean, she's a photographer and she she's also really a visual thinking per- person and. Um, no, she really liked the idea that would, I would focus to tell the, the story in, in pictures and not with, um, with uh, words, because, um, as I also said, it's, it wasn't about the language. You know, there was this language barrier between them, and and they only had two years, and she had uh, never learned yeah, German. I mean, he could say, ich liebe dich, maybe, but that... 
learned some English, so they could talk, but it wasn't. She said they never had this intellectual uh, conversations or relationship going on. It was always about the visual and physical thing between them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also the reason why it, this story works so perfectly um, for a graphic novel. There's something amazing about the way you're able to really turn your art style into this um, minimal um, character representations, and and I love how like the subtlety you have in it. Yeah. Um. I don't know where I'm going yeah. at with that. <laughs> it, it was one of the more striking things about the book is just, I mean, at one side, it's very quiet book and visually it's very minimal. Um, and like a, one part you're saying about how it's your first big graphic novel. So you kind of had to change the art style, but it seems that it fits so work so well to this particular story like it wouldn't I don't know if it would work in a in a in a Lean Claire style yeah yeah I don't know I mean I don't think it would work in a more realistic style with the Beatles because that's what I just also said the the people you know I always get asked okay was it difficult to um, to draw the beaches, to depict the beaches as they really were, and and I always tried to look at them as not, you know, not the beaches that we know or everybody, you know, um, seems to know them as. We all have these pictures of the beaches in our, you know, the, the collective image of the beaches, the public image with the mop top hair cut and everything. But they were really young in 1960, and they were still try, trying to make their way, find their their, their way in in, in 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 pop music, and that's I think that's what the book is about. You know, um, yeah, it's about young adults, uh, you know, searching for their um, place uh, in society, and then I think it, it's about you know how how they changed pop history and uh, pop culture and everything because Astrid and, and, and her friends they as I said they were influenced by, by so many things and the Beatles also they were not the Beatles we we know uh, we know from you know from, from the mid 60s and the, the Beatlemania Beatles so mm-hmm. um so I think that's why it's um but yeah, on the other hand, I I never I never uh, was interested in depicting something in a realistic way because I don't think that's what comics are about. I mean, I, I like the idea of 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 a cartoon character. It's I think it's always about um, simplifying things and um, make it make make a character work as something that you can immediately uh, recognize and, and um, also identify with. Yeah. Had you, is uh, manga 
an influence on this work? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I never read mangas. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I maybe it's the the influence of the the Studio Ghibli animes, the animation, the, the movies and series I was watching as a kid, but I never. <laughs> Never so you've been asked the, the this a lot. Manga <laughs> you've been asked this question a lot. Yeah, no, <laughs> from time to time, yeah, because it's funny because I, I never saw this influence. Uh, it wasn't that obvious to me, but yeah, it's funny because a lot of people say that oh, it looks like mm, I don't know some artist I don't know, and then say yeah maybe. Um, yeah, so maybe there's a, a manga influence, but. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. It's not direct. No. <laughs> um, being that this was your first big work, um, do you have other graphic novels in mind, or others that are in German? Yeah, that's uh, actually this is my my second book, um, but and I had one out in Germany in two thousand and five. That was my my uh, diploma, my final year project in, in um, design school. And, uh, and I studied graphic design illustration in Hamburg, and that was my final year project uh, with my professor Anke Feuchtenberger, who's also a comic artist. Um, and yeah, well, she encouraged me to do this this book for my um, diploma. So um, yeah, and it's called Acht Neun C, and it's also about Growing up, a coming of age story um, set in the suburbs of Hamburg, yeah, uh, northern Germany. So, yeah, that was my first book, uh, um, but it's, and it's also been published in a few other countries, but yeah, not in English. Not in English yet. Yeah. Uh, so that's your coming of age book, and this seems more like a uh, uh, something around someone's early 20s yeah you're kind of working through personal experiences like do you, do you feel this kind of reflects a little bit of like where you're coming from yeah I mean I, I think it's that's maybe my thing I'm interested in and, and you know going up and, and uh, youth culture and, and um, of course the things that I just have experienced in my, my own life I mean I'm I'm 32 now, and you know, I've gone through this phases, you know, growing up in uh, 20s and everything. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe my next book will be about something completely different from that. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So do you are do you have other anything you want that you're working on now? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I have a few ideas, but it's um, I, yeah, <laughs> I can't talk about that at the moment. Really. <laughs> so, um, I'm still, or I was traveling with with Babies in Black a lot, and during the past two years since it came out in, in Germany, 2010, um, and yeah, but now 
the book came out in the U.S. and I think it's also coming out in Japan next week or next month. Yeah. So, but I think that's when it's Babies in Black, and I will have the time to uh, start coming up with something else. Yeah. Yeah. Did but I mean, I also do a lot of illustrations and, and work for a German newspaper and everything. So, yeah, I was, yeah, busy with other things, of course. What kind of uh, illustration work do you normally do? Uh, well, for German newspapers and magazines, um, editorial illustration, I think okay. that's how it's called, yeah. Is yeah. it not so much a creative outlet as just kind of what gets you by financially? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Babies in Black was quite a success, but yeah. then again, it's not, yeah, it's it's, the, it's just a graphic novel and that sold quite well in Germany, but yeah, we'll see maybe, I don't know about the US, but at the moment I don't feel like this way how we can really make a living mm -hmm. we'll see <laughs> it's uh, very common for for cartoonists to also do illustration I don't think yeah. you're alone <laughs> yeah no I know it's uh, I think it's the same everywhere yeah except maybe that you're Art Spiegelman or someone like that well even he was doing uh, uh, illustration work into the 90s yeah but I mean, he sold like a few million copies of his book, so that's another, you know, yeah. level of, yeah, of graphic novelist. What's it been like for you, kind of learning more about the North American cartooning scene? Because you were just in Toronto yeah. for TCAF. <laughs> I don't know if I learned that much about the scene. It was, uh, it was my first time. Uh, in Toronto, and and I was surprised how how big everything was. I mean, it's somehow, of course, how I was expected it to be. It's all you know, just bigger over there. But um, but then I I read the, the program and and everything. I thought, okay, this sounds more like an independent festival, no superheroes and everything. Yeah. But then I was surprised that there were so many people and it was really a, a huge festival and yeah so and I think there's a big difference between the independent the term independent which it, what it actually means here and in Germany because in Germany you know it's, I, I know, probably know uh, all the people who are you know, independent comic artists and maybe 20 or 30 people Germany, so it's really a small scene, mm -hmm. and everyone knows each each other. So. It's a, it's a pretty interesting scene. The the I don't know a lot about German cartooning, but the yeah. folks I've seen, like uh, uh, I got some books of uh, Anka Fuschenberger's. Yeah, that was my my professor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, she's a, really blew my mind. She was at TCAF three four years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, really amazing stuff, and I know of Maui's work, and I think that's about my knowledge of German <laughs> cartoonists. Yeah, I mean there there are a few 
other artists and, and a few people who are also quite successful with graphic novels and the kind of the German mainstream big artists but um, yeah, I don't think there's much published in the US or even in English somewhere because when you're from Germany it's the first step is to you know being published in, in, in French that's I mean France is maybe the biggest or definitely is the biggest market in, in Europe um, so um, that's why I look for to be published in, in France that's the most important thing because yeah, it's a totally different culture there with, with comics and everything and in Germany it's, it's I mean it's it has changed uh, during the past years but still um, yeah, really difficult with being comic artists. It, now that we have this term graphic novel, um, uh, yeah, that helped a lot. You know, that people you can finally now find comics of graphic novels in, in, in a bookstore. But uh, in general, comics are always considered as something for children, and you know. It's interesting because I think of Germany. I think of like a really vibrant modern art scene. Yeah, but you know, this is comics aren't considered as art, something art. It's not, and maybe they are not art. And, but um, this is there's a big difference in generally between the the high culture, the high art, and and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The underground, the the the, the subculture things and the things considered not being serious art. Yeah. Is that something yeah. within Babies in Black? You're talking about the that link that Astrid had with the f- and her friends with the French existentialism. Is that something kind of mirrors you and your peers and kind of uh, French BD communities? Mm-hmm where you kind of draw a lot from that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that, that actually Astrid and her friend, they were art students who were interested in, uh, or then began being interested in, in something that was also considered something for, only for the working class people, the, the rock and roll thing. And, and, um, and then, you know, it all merged and there suddenly was something like pop culture but before that there was also um, maybe that's the, the, the typical German thing that there's always this wide gap between high culture and, and everything, you know, everything else so yeah it's interesting well thank you Arne for uh, taking the time with me uh, while you're traveling to uh, talk yeah. to me. A reminder, folks, I've been talking with Arne Belstoff, uh, and yep. his book is Babies in Black. Um, same title in English and in German. Yeah, but the, the, the German subtitle oh, is different. It's, in Germany, it's, always, uh, it's only um, Astrid Kirche and Stuart Sutcliffe, while here in the U.S. It's, uh, it says, and the Beatles. <laughs> so you have the Beatles in the title that I think that was important. <laughs> well, hopefully it helps for sales. 
Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, um, thank you. 